The most important thing is to sit and have a chat about what are you trying to get out of it? What's your goals for this property? Investors or starting out home buyers, they partner with someone, it gets them to a certain point and it can be great for that. And they might not have enough money to go it alone. They're gonna to have to make way too many trade-offs to go it alone with the purchase price that they can get into. Get in the mix with offers. If they happen to be the best price and best purchaser, then that's great. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management, sales and buyers agency servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here's your host, Jared Mann. G'day and welcome to another Q&A episode, our first for 2024. And I'm going into the questions getting asked on the Perth Property Investment Facebook group. So if you're not a already member, head over, search us out and join in the conversations. So I keep coming back to doing these type of episodes. They seem to be popular anyway. If you have a question that you haven't already posted on the Facebook group, head on over and post it there. And um, many others in the group will tackle it with their opinions. And this is just uh, my thoughts and my opinion on what I would think about doing if I was in the same boat. Of course, I don't know your complete situation, so definitely worth seeking out professionals and getting advice. Now... Let's get into it, shall we? First question, looking to draw on your experience with partnering to purchase investment properties. I understand the profit will be split, costs will be shared, potentially heartache when one party needs to sell or wants out, etc. Can anyone advise on any other concerns or share their experiences when it comes to investing with another person? So, when I was starting out my investing, I partnered with my parents for four or five properties and also went on to partner with some other people, cousins, friends of the family. And then I went also at various other points of partnered with other investors to do projects or, or and or invest in properties. So I'm no stranger to doing it and I also see a lot of clients that in more informally do it where it might be partnering with either your parents or partnering with a friend. And the most important thing is to sit and have a chat about what are you trying to get out of it? What's your goals for this property? How long are you planning to stay in and own the property? Because where partnerships don't work is when you're overall alignment and goals change and especially what causes them to often end is when one partner either needs their borrowing capacity back because when we jointly buy something it depends how it's structured and it's worth getting accountant advice on that and speaking to a finance broker as well to work out the the finance implications as well as the tax implications from both those professionals. But when you, uh, if you jointly purchase the property together, that debt's going to show up as being a liability for you both. And let's say you buy a property at 600K, that 600K will count as a full debt, lowering each person's borrowing capacity by 600K. So 
it can be worth you know putting it under one person's name and having a side joint venture agreement and depending on how well you know each other i think it's always best to get that down in writing and see a commercial solicitor to put something uh, together just outlining the basics of how are you sharing the upside of growth how are you sharing the uh, any shortfall and expenses when they come up and then looking at under what situations is the property going to be sold you know does it require both of you to agree usually it's if one person agrees then you you're either left with the the option of refinancing them out and it's good to have an agreed upon method for doing that and coming to an how to come to an agreement on price it might be getting a licensed valuer uh, to you know value the property at market rate market conditions and you might then specify three appraisals or from local agents at market rate potentially or you might want to make it four so you each get two appraisals and then you might take the average of all of these and so it is worth you know thinking about that exit strategy because where i've often um, gotten into trouble on my first ones and thankfully they were with parents so there's a lot more trust there's a lot more understanding and communication was good between us but it's the unthought of things it's the unsaid things it's the unplanned out things that can result in that relationship getting strained a bit while you work those things out and especially if you're not family and you and you're starting to work together for the first time friends for instance you know you don't want things to sour any of those relationships and that's why it's good to have all of this specified out and i'm sure uh, any commercial property solicitor that's used to creating commercial agreements can help you with this it might cost you know fifteen hundred two grand for an agreement, but it's going to be the best money that you ever spend. It's like an insurance policy. If everything goes smoothly, you might not need to re- need it there to enforce things. But if the things uh, don't go as planned, it's going to really be the bible for everyone to fall back on and and look at. So. For me, the changing of your goals and getting uh, keeping alignment is very important. Making sure that you can communicate really well with that person ongoingly is going to be really important. And then thinking about how this single purchase fits into your overall plan. Because if you wanted to then you know, go on and make other purchases, that borrowing capacity is going to affect it. If you want to go on and purchase your home or investment property, you know, that could hold you back. And that's often the case of starting out investors or starting out home buyers. They partner with someone, it gets them to a certain point. It can be great for that. And they might not have enough money to to go it alone. They're going to have to make way too many trade-offs to go it alone with the purchase price that they can get into. So rather than waiting and deferring and having the market increase another 10, 20% over the coming year, it, it's, it may make sense if you're in that boat to partner with someone, get in now, use it as a stepping stone, but have those exit strategies planned out when and if one of you needs out. And then you 
can sell the property or refinance out, go your separate ways. I would just think about the overall larger plan to things with what you're going to want to do with your own investing and your own home because the borrowing capacity is going to be affected and it will limit you having this joint property. So hopefully that helps and gives that person uh, some food for thought. Next question. Hi, any uh, mortgage... They were actually asking for mortgage brokers or experienced investors to give them some advice. So they've got a few investment properties and their principal place of residence. They're still wanting to buy that dream principal place of residence. And where they're at is that they're... 30. Uh, one of the properties they own is a two by two apartment in a complex of 18. It's neutrally geared, so it breaks even, even at these higher interest rates after taking into account uh, all expenses. So it's not costing them any money to hold. They're contemplating, I th- believe she's going to be going off of work and they're contemplating, do they sell the property and pocket the 50 odd K that's in there? Or do they wait four or five years holding it until they're going to qualify for borrowing again and then look at selling it when they are able to to get back into the market with a, a better property and afford to borrow more? And so basically, do they keep it over that four or five years where they won't be able to do anything else? Or do they sell, pay down debt in their off of their home and save in the the borrowings that they've got on their home. So I would suggest that even apartments and it's going to vary, you know, some areas might have more supply coming up than others, but I would suggest that even in the coming, you know, two, three years, apartments are going to benefit and our rising tide that we've got in Perth is going to raise all boats. So I would expect that that's going to be beyond the interest that you'll save on your loan. So I think overall net position, you'll probably do better keeping that investment with the apartment. But my caveat to that is that it's good to set your plan and know what and and have an intention for that four to five years. But I would probably go about renewing your lease every six months reviewing the market each time before you renew your lease. And if things are going to turn around and start to, you know, head downwards, if you've got a really good advisors, this is something that I regularly do for people when when we're looking after both their property management and we're, you know, going to sell the property at some point for them. It's not a forever property. So you review that every six months. You make sure that there's no storms on the horizon. Why do I say six months? Because it is hard to see out 12 months. And if you review, renew the lease for 12 months, then you're locked into that period. It's harder to sell. We can't sell to home buyers. So I suggest six monthly. Most tenants are not going to have a problem with that. And we, you can still tell them that your intention is to hold the property longer term, but you just don't want to be locked into you know, in case the market changes drastically. And most tenants aren't even going to ask about it and you don't need to give a reason. So that's what I'd be suggesting to do. Just don't blindly, you know, hit the snooze button for five years and wake up and have had the property prices tanked and and uh, it's been a bad choice. Uh, I'd be a bit more selective 
keep your options open and be flexible with when and if you got out of that one and providing everything's heading the right direction, you go along for the ride. And when it's starting to turn, you get out. So hopefully that helps. Hi guys, looking at a three by two house and land package on 245 square meter block in Eglinton, Amberton Beach estate. I qualify for the first home guarantee and grant in terms of long-term growth. Is this a good place to build a home after six months? I need to stay in it. I'll be rent vesting. Thoughts? So if you're not sure where Eglinton, Amberton Beach is, it's far north coastal. It's a direct uh, beachfront suburb, so it certainly has that going for it. The freeway has been extended recently, making this whole area of Eglinton, Alcamos, a lot more accessible. And it's getting a train station in there, which is also going to open up. So the shorter term prospects are looking very good because a lot of the land supply has been used and taken up. And I'm always more encouraged when you're directly beachfront, even if it is further away from Perth, because you're only going to have one beach and one coast line. And, you know, in Perth, things radiate out from the coast as being the attraction point with some radiation out from the CBD as well. So overall, like you could do a lot worse if you were buying in one of the more inland states and it is nice and attractive to get you to your full first home guarantee and your full first home buyer's grant for building but just make sure that the building periods try to get some assurances you don't want that blowing out and spoiling this whole plan and look longer term it's really going to depend on how much land supply keeps coming on. I'd look into how many stages are left and exactly, you know, where this property is positioned within the overall estate, make sure it's an attractive spot. And overall, I think in balance that it's probably going to be a pretty reasonable option if you can check out all those things and, and get picks in those boxes. Would it be my number one choice? Probably not. I'd probably go for something a bit more established. You're only going to be living there six months. Is the the money amount that you might save on your getting your grant and getting your home guarantee, etc., that money that you might save, it's probably going to be a bit more offset by the interest rates that you're going to pay at the moment and when you're a first home buyer, you're probably going to pay a bit higher interest rate as well with that property sitting while it's getting built. You're having to pay that with no nowhere to, you can't move into it yet. And so you may be better off just weighing this option up, up before you pull the trigger by looking at more established options in your price point in an established area that's had a reasonable historical growth rate with everything looking the right way for its current trends in, uh, you know, days on market, uh, number of properties on the market, rental vacancy, and, you know, see what else you can get on the established side because generally that would be my preference if I was just wearing the investment hat. All right, next question. Hopefully that helps. 
Hi all, what are your thoughts on Condola for investment as opposed to Westminster Nolamara? Thanks in advance. Now, you'd probably notice if you go and drive around these suburbs, Girouane's also in the mix out there, that Condola is one of the lowest priced properties in Perth. It's lower, it's as low a socioeconomic as you can probably get. It has a lot of homes, West houses, a lot of older complexes. And unlike Westminster, Nolamara, Belga, and even Girouane to a certain extent, it hasn't undergone as much redevelopment, whereas that surged in Westminster and Nolamara with new villa groups and townhouses popping up everywhere that has changed those suburbs to a much greater de- degree and made them a lot more, I guess, widely appealing because it's increased the types of residents uh, increased i guess the economic means of the residents that are in westminster nolamara i take a bit more pride in their properties then the newer houses have certainly changed the suburb there's a bit more quality of tenants in there quality of residents so look i'm really hesitant about buying in condola and girawain those two suburbs it can be really difficult if you end up next to a property that you know has the wrong kind of owner <laughs> or tenant in it it can really negatively detract you from either finding tenants and or reselling the property i'd be checking and making sure that there's no homes west next door to where you're buying directly and i'd be knocking on the neighbors doors and meeting them and i'd be doing that site each side and the very back neighbor as well I wouldn't go to that extent on other purchases, but because this area is a lot more prone to have trouble, I would. Uh, I just think you might be better off saving to get into a better location. And if you're tenanting it and doing this for investment, it's going to be a lot harder to find good tenants. You're going to have a lot more problems that will come up. In, in Even if you think you've selected a good tenant, the chances of them, you know, having difficulty and not paying rent or, you know, it's going to need very good and tight management. We only take on very select properties in there. I'm not sure if we've even currently got anything in Kandula. I know we've got some properties in Girawain, but we manage a lot in Westminster, Nolamara and Belga to a lesser degree. So, look, I just think there's better options and you're better off saving your money and I'd be asking what has led you to looking in there so you know most suburbs in Perth are going to do well in the short term Kandula hasn't probably performed very well over the longer term I know it hasn't because it's not on my radar and for all the reasons I previously mentioned I think the risk of going in there versus the reward is tipped in favour of risk for me and yes, you you'll get a slightly better rental yield to compensate you for that. If your focus is rental yield, there's probably other better, safer ways to achieve that higher rental yield. So all in all, I'm fairly negative on Kandula, but I was trying to be diplomatic. And uh, hopefully that at least gives you some food for thought as to the variables that I'm looking at. So next question, my first ever Post for suggestions. I'm living in Perth and want to start property investment and my principal place of residence, but I've not even, I don't even have a 
principal place of residence yet. I have a saving of 500k and we're both earning 120k income, renting for many years, which was very reasonable, five kilometers from the city, paying $300 a week, but in an older three by one house. And I lost opportunities to be in property investment. I sh- should I buy my principal place of residence first and use the 500k towards this? But price near city is about 900k drawback, very pricey, and all the savings will be used in my principal place of residence. Option two, should I avail my first homeowner scheme with a 10% deposit, no lender's mortgage insurance cap, but buy purchase prices limited to 600k. The drawback is this would be an older outer suburbs and cannot buy more than 600k due to government caps suits to convert it to an investment property later and use my savings to buy another investment property. Being a family of four, require a decent three by two house, not too old. Family desperately need a better home near city due to kids schooling. Suggestions would be appreciated. So when I think about the role that the family home plays in our overall mix, it's very important. And I'm a big proponent of getting at least something that's right that you can hopefully be in for five years. When you've got kids, you ideally want stability and some people would, you know, at least want to see out their primary school period or their high school period before moving them again. So, you know, you've saved up a very decent deposit. It's meant that you've missed other opportunities in the past, but you can't go back and change that. So, Don't keep kicking yourself for not having done more investing or more on the home front. What's key as well when buying this home is for it not to be such a stretch that you can't afford it and it's not going to allow you to save money for investment and have money for holidays and to live your life. So that's why sizing of it is very important and I can't say without getting deep into your strategy and and your other things, but it might be worth sitting down with a finance broker and looking at how those numbers look. And you could look to put the whole of your savings into your home. Then uh, you've paid off as much uh, personal debt as you can. And then when and if you can afford to, you could look to start investing by using the equity and using taking out a loan for a tax deductible investment purchase and i would there's so many different pros and cons that you can look at between these two options that you've mentioned that it can get confusing and you don't want to have analysis paralysis and just keep renting for another five years and not taking on either of these options so i don't want you to do that you do need to choose one i would and, and why do I say you need to choose one? Because we're at a stage in the market, we're probably going to get you know, more growth for at least another two years. And I want you to get the upside of that so that you know, you've, you've got some, some further wealth behind you that's going to keep enabling you to either upgrade your home again when and if you want to and or you're creating wealth towards your future. So... If option two, which was going to the outer suburbs and only spending 600k, if that's really going to take you away from your 
dreams of what you want for your kids and their schooling. And if that's only going to be a really short-term sort of option, it, it may be best just instead of whenever we buy a property, we have to pay buying costs. Whenever we sell, we have to pay selling costs. I would look at how quickly you might be able to get back out of there and decide if you're going to be okay with that time period. But with the incomes that you've got, it's probably going to take a while to make, once you make that purchase with that, it's going to take a while without selling that because you'll have probably too much wrapped up in the, in the property to be able to, and if you're going to go and upgrade again before you do any other investing why don't you just upgrade get that upgrade from the start is my my point especially if your investing is not going to have you control more of an asset base than what that home would be because then there's no major advantage to to it and with your decent level of savings in the shorter term that loan interest should at least be manageable i would sit down with your finance broker look at what's manageable you and you can potentially afford to borrow more than the 900k and i would look at what areas you can get into that are gonna be have good schools for the kids gonna have i would wear that investment hat as well as the home buyer hat make sure that it's got it stacks up on the investment side as well and then get that key home sorted first don't over overstretch so that you can't keep saving for investing and enjoy your life that's how i would think about it and above all else work through these options i think it's great that you're looking at um, doing something and get into the market so you can benefit over the next one to two years next question hello Seeking your thoughts on purchasing a house and land package in Kingsford, huge development underway in Bullsbrook. We usually lean towards developments in infill areas, but keen to hear other investors' thoughts on purchasing out this way. Thank you in advance. So I was very straight to the point uh, when I posted my reply in the Facebook group that I think you could throw a dart at the Perth map and find a better location anywhere than here and i don't mean to be uh, insulting or uh, with that comment what i'm getting at is that there's a huge amount of land out there you're right on the periphery right on the the edge of develop of you know urban development in perth you know yes in the shorter term you'll get some upside because land's getting released slower than there is demand the building prices are increasing which is flowing through to the price of everything but medium to longer term i think prices are going to be suppressed and if you're buying this for investment surely there's much better options than going out that way and i would take the same approach of looking at buying something unique that's established that doesn't have lots of land supply and that's gonna maybe not be as sexy and maybe not have the exciting you know oh we're getting a shopping center and we're getting a new this and a new that but the land supply above all else is going to keep prices suppressed and so i would encourage you to look elsewhere good evening i've been following this page for a while 
and I had plans to buy an investment property in Perth whilst doing remote work uh, with paid accommodation elsewhere. However, the remote work has now fallen through and I'm finding myself struggling to make a decision on how to proceed. I'm currently renting in Valdivis. Ideally, we'd like to be close to the city, but their max budget is only 550k. So they don't have a, ma- a huge amount of options and they're convinced that if they don't buy in 2024, they'll be completely priced out of Perth. I tend to echo that sentiment. So I think they're on the right track with at least looking at their trade-offs and what they should do. So the options they've come up with so far is buy a principal place of residence in Armadale, Kelm, Scott, Camillo areas, hoping that we'll have capital growth, which will then enable us to potentially upgrade for a better principal place of residence and use that as our investment property. Continue to rent and build others for the time being and buy an IP elsewhere, most likely same areas or potentially a three by one in another suburb. Try and save as much money as possible and hope the IP will grow to enable us to refinance and buy a better PPOR once our incomes have increased. Most likely won't be for a couple of years. Just wondering what others in the group would do if they were faced with similar issues. We've got a 10% deposit for our budget, but we already are an owner that sold a property in Victoria, so can't use the first-time owner's grant. Now, I think this question is so focused around what you need for your family. And again, I would come back to letting that initially be the driver of how you make a decision on what to do for your home. If you are set up in Beldivis and you've got kids in school, not sure on the situation on that front, and you're happy with all of that and you don't want to make a move into Armadale, Calm, Scott, Camillo, which is likely to be a much rougher area with rough, rougher schools, then that makes the decision easy for me. You continue to rent, you rent best, and you buy an investment property and you don't have to go through all that effort of moving and you use that as a stepping stone for later upgrading your home. Downsides, of course, is that you don't have the stability of your own home that you're living in, that you own. So you just, hopefully you've got a longer term lease and you can stay there uh, with your current landlord and maybe check their intentions for the property and, and or ask for a longer term lease as another option, but at least check their intentions and see that they're planning to hold it for a number of years. So that stability is really going to come into the, into the overall equation for you, I think. So I definitely take my hat off to you that you're prepared to do some of the harder yards. Everyone just wants to start at the top start living in amazing areas and I'm, I think it's great that you're willing to be realistic and get into the market and I'm sure you'll be thankful that you did get into the market in some way. So definitely don't get lost in procrastination and try to take one of these options because uh, I think you'll benefit from it in one or two years time. Hopefully that helps. How about final question? Have about 200k in equity in our current family home want to get an investment property now, what's the best strategy I should use in this situation? Where should I start? So this is the perfect sort of situation where you'd want to create a strategic portfolio plan. And that's 
a service that we provide for people and why would you want one and what are some of the things that we're going to look at? Well, we'd want to, you've just sort of provided info on what your equity is. You need to look at what your incomes are and then what your surplus is that you can afford each week and month towards investing and paying any shortfall because you want to size that property purchase to be affordable with that um, cash flow in mind and ideally you want to as an overarching principle sort of buy the best quality of property that you can afford and I'd also be thinking about not just the first step in front of you but what is the larger picture of where you're trying to head to why are you doing this investment so are you trying to get to a certain level of wealth by a certain age to give you a certain passive income I would propose to you that you should think about that goal and then you can actually work back and look at how does this property fit into providing that alongside your home and whatever the plans are for whatever stage in life that you're at. So you might be looking to upgrade your home as well. You might be looking to downsize your home at some point. That needs to be taken really into account because you might need use of some of that equity that's in your home and it'd be better to think about that before you go and spend it all on your investment property. Again, buying and selling costs are very costly. So you want to try to not trade properties where possible and hold them for the longer term so that that compounding can take effect. So I would suggest that you, whether or not it's us that you use to create a strategic portfolio plan, I'd suggest that you get one, go with someone that really knows Perth well. Um, there is East Coast options, but they don't know our markets. They, they're going to steer you towards investing over there. And it depends what you feel comfortable with. If there's a lot more affordable options in Perth. Our stage of the cycle is very good too. So I think at least your first property should be here and we're happy to help. But if we're not the right fit, look for someone, get professional advice. Don't just take your advice from the Perth Property Investment Facebook group. It's a great starting point. It's great to get opinions, but I think it's going to be best getting into the ultra specifics of your situation and getting a professional to give you input and our uh, strategic uh, plan can also lead through to us helping you with buyer's agency or you can do it, do the purchasing yourself and then we've got our property management side to help with finding a quality tenant and having peace of mind so that you can keep focusing on your busy world and then on the other side, we've we're got a completely holistic service, so we do have property sales as well. And just so you're clear and our listeners are clear, there's absolutely no conflict of interest between our buyer's agency and our property sales. Our experience that we have in all areas goes into you know, having a more holistic advice and helping each of the individual services be their best and to give you not just a narrow focused input when we're looking to buy a property we're thinking about how is it going to rent how is it going to resell in the future and we're never going to go buying properties that we are selling 
Um, that would be a conflict of interest. That would be untrustworthy to do that. No, we're going to represent our buyers to go and buy the very best property from the market. We're going to use the relationships that we have with sales agents and other buyers agents to do that. And then if we're selling your property down the track, we're going to get the very best price from the market and we're going to put it out to the wider market and find the very best price. And I also put it out to all the buyers agents that we know as well. And they get in the mix with offers as well. And if they're they happen to be the best price and best purchaser, then that's great. But otherwise, I'm looking for the best price for that seller when we're doing that. So, just wanted to clarify that in case there was any misunderstanding. And I find, at least for our clients and the feedback we're getting, that the holistic service has huge appeal and you can have one trusted person for your whole journey that really gets that bigger picture. So... I think that's a nice place to end things on. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate you going and posting a review on iTunes. You can post an actual, so a few words would be appreciated. If you're on Spotify, you can post a rating. And if you can think of someone that this podcast might help, share it. And finally, if you're not already a member of Perth Property Investment Facebook group, head on over, join in the conversations. And I'd love to see you along there. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. Just a reminder, the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature. As we don't know your specific situation, you should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market reports on your suburb of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorshedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group to be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions, and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group. (laughs) 